This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, lovers of central Alberta and crafters of delicious beer. Say hi to Dave. He's kind of important, too. podcast episodes where the slang that the food service industry uses to refer to an item being out of stock or discontinued and by extension to a person no longer welcome on the premises you'd know this would have to be episode 86 of the harmonious gentleman yeah and a few episodes back we had uh, riley k from cilantro mm-hmm. and he talked about stigma 86 the initiative kind of promoting awareness or promoting awareness promoting or raising awareness about kind mm-hmm. of mental health within the service industry. Yeah. So a good little throwback. Yeah. So he knows all about what it means to be nixed like 86. 86. So they'll just say that? Like, we're going to 86 this lettuce. I'm not sure. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't don't know. We don't really know how it would be. The food industry, yeah. If you work in the industry, maybe send us an audio bite of you using the term in context. To harmonious gentlemen at gmail.com. Hey, guys. Hey. This is a special episode because it's going to be a lot of other people speaking and not us speaking. Because we've talked a lot in the last year. I think we need a break. It's what the listeners want. Yeah, fine. They've been asking for it for a while, <laughs> which at first I was a little bit insulted by. Yeah. But now I understand. Okay. Yeah. But we're not done talking yet. Right. Because we have email, I think. Yeah, we have one email uh, that I'm going to read anyways. It's from uh, listener Nathan. The subject heading says, Big fan of Harmonious Gentlemen podcast here. Yo, Graham, Tyler, and Chris. I hope you guys are ready for some high-quality hockey talk today. Just kidding. I'm reaching out to show some love for the recent episode on artificial intelligence. I've been a long-time fan of your show, and I gotta say, this episode was top shelf. Your discussions on AI really hit the net for me, and I was all over that topic like a four-checker on a loose puck. <laughs> I've been a big fan of AI for a while now, and it was great to hear your thoughts on the subject. Your debates and discussions always bring a different angle to the game and make the subject even more enjoyable to listen to. Mm-hmm. This is my first time reaching out to you guys, and I just had to drop the gloves and let you know how much I appreciate the work you do. Your podcast is one of the best in the league, and I've been a fan for a while now. By the way, I hope I'm not the first one to email you guys using chat GPT. That would be crazy, like trying to stop a breakaway with just your stick. <laughs> well, how else can you do it? <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Just your feet. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks for all the great content you provide, and I look forward to hearing more in the future. Keep it up, boys. Cheers, Nathan. Hmm. And Nathan actually did send two. Mm-hmm. Um, the first did not uh, have all the hockey lingo, um, but he, he mm-hmm. just added that to the chat GPT prompt. Right. In the style of a hockey player. And that was the result. That's pretty cool. That was really good. Thanks, Nathan. And also, like, it's quite obvious when something's been written by AI. Like, you have to be cautious, I think, how we use it. Yeah. I don't know. I like to think I would know, but... I think it's obvious if you know the person's voice, right? Because it's AI is kind of about voice. If you know their yeah. typical... But there are people who could write and sound robotic, I think. Because they don't write That's with true. a lot of feeling or emotion, maybe. Yeah. If you're so listening. you know Nathan, and when you he- see this, you go, "Oh, clearly he got." That's not what he normally yeah. sounds like. Or do you just think from the? That's for sure part of it. Paragraph. And now that and- I think, like when I've read other emails, 
that I'm assuming weren't written by AI, I do feel a little bit weird reading. Like it's mm-hmm. very obvious that I'm reading an email. Mm-hmm. It's not my voice. It's yeah. yeah. But anyways, thanks Nathan. Thanks Nathan. Good good listener. Good guy. Yeah. All around. Kind of supports the podcast every way you can. Yeah. Except and financially. Well, but in person <laughs> comes to where we're hanging out. Oh, we'll encouraging we'll get emails. We'll Way get to go, there. Nathan. E-transfer. All right. Did we say we were going to do something for the first person who wrote using chat GPT? I don't know if we offered anything. We should go back and listen to <laughs> <Just> <laughs> our back catalog. Don't want to leave ourselves on the hook for that anything. Cool. All right. Well, thanks. Uh, we're going to do our normal segment here to kick off our episode. And then we're going to turn it over to some very talented authors and hear some, some stories. And we're going to not talk for a bit. Chris, how do you feel about that? My throat is getting a little tight, so I'm glad for the break. Mm-hmm. These recommendations are brought to you by Cilantro and Chive, serving up fresh, simple eats while supporting their community and spreading the love. And we're back. My recommendation might not apply to most of our listeners, but if you're a musician... Um, and you have always wanted to record music, or you want to do more recording, um, you guys, I have a band yeah, called The Fallow really? Years. We, yeah. <laughs> Tyler hears too much. But I hear we, just enough. We, um, we got to go to the studio to record a couple weeks ago, and um, it was at a place called OCL Studios, just east of Calgary by Langdon. And um, I just want to say on the podcast that... I would highly recommend them, just their service, their cost, their value, the people that we dealt with. Hmm. It was amazing. Just a wonderful weekend. Um, Yeah, I could talk for a long time. I'll just say that. If you're into recording music or you're curious about it, um, we just had the best time. And hopefully we can, I can announce some new songs on Spotify here in the next couple weeks. That's the goal anyway. Very cool. Yeah, OCL Studios, check it out. Cool. I'm going to recommend using a sticker chart to improve behaviors. And I've tried them with, with my children before mm-hmm. with moderate success, but I'm actually using a sticker chart for myself. Oh, okay. And not where I thought you were going to go with this. No, it's uh, for us. <laughs> <podcast. It's> modifying <laughs> yeah. our And I'd behavior. like to get you guys on a sticker chart. Okay. No, I just for, I don't know, kind of like some fitness goals and some healthy living type stuff. I just, at the end of the day, I guess I'll, I'll confess, I don't actually use a real sticker, but I put on my calendar. We still have an old school paper calendar. At the end of the day, I circle the date if it was a good day, like I achieved my goal. And it's just that little tiny action, I guess, that kind of holds me accountable. And I, when I look at the calendar, I can look back a few weeks and just kind of be like, oh, I'm, I need to mm-hmm. tighten up a bit or... Mm-hmm. Good job, Tyler. Or, and it's just so a and tiny you, you little thing. You can tell that just by like if you only have five out of seven day circled kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and like they're pretty simple goals, or like not simple to achieve. But like, I'm not doing anything too crazy. But I think we all have things we want to do better, mm-hmm. right? Like fitness wise or just lifestyle yeah. things. But if you don't have, for me, if I don't have that, any kind of like tiny reward even if it's just circling the calendar, then it just gets pushed to the next day. Like, Yeah. Because you do so. lose track pretty quickly about how the last week looked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you could be saying, I, I want to start exercising or whatever it is. Yeah. And you just do that for months. 
I'm going to yeah. start working. And right. then, I'll start on Monday. But once you start circling stuff, you see it on the calendar. You're like, yeah. oh, I haven't done it for yeah. a few days. Instant feedback. Sticker Good charts. idea. Try it. Okay. Sticker chart for me. Put this on your sticker chart. If you haven't watched Kim's Convenience, it's off of Netflix <laughs> by February 28th. So Shan and I are watching. Our goal is to watch the whole series, which is five seasons of 13 mm-hmm. episodes in the month of February. Because we just Ooh. were like, we should try Kim's Convenience again. We loved it years ago when we watched it. And we're watching again. So we watched season one in a week, which is, they're 20 minute episodes. So we watched yeah. like 40 minutes a day kind of thing. Yeah, It's such a funny show. It's really touching, well-made. We can debate like the best CBC shows ever later, but yeah, this would be in the top three for I've, sure. I've never mind. seen it. I feel kind of bad now. Okay. Well, do you have Netflix? Well, we just canceled Netflix. Shoot. But I have till the 19th. Till okay. The, I so. mean, just watch episode watch one and okay. see yeah. if right. like, it's should good. I watch it? Because I, okay. it's great. Cool. I recommend I like it this, to you, Graham. Thank you. I like this. Chris is like Netflix is leaving Netflix. Like ad- advisements, I, right? I wouldn't have even known that we started it going like we want to watch it again and then there's the little yeah you know warning it's leaving february 28th is the last day it'll be on here so we thought oh no yeah we gotta mm. bear down sweet so tyler what are we doing well this this episode i'm sure our listeners have seen the title it's about stories and we well like graham this is not the fallow years but you and your wife played music at an event at blind man yeah i think we talked about the podcast too yeah yeah Yeah. um and it was called session stories then and blind man does this really cool thing kind of i think it's in partnership with ckua uh where they and local writers where they put short kind of like micro fictions on the cans cool micro fictions Mm -hmm. yeah so and they're really short but really well written it's just kind of a cool collaboration and we, since you were there, you mm-hmm. asked the uh, the readers if we could record their stories, and now we're going to share them here through our podcast. Totally, yeah. So, but maybe before we get into those stories, just very quick, I know our listeners are like, you guys said you weren't going to talk much. But <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Um, do you? What's the importance of storytelling? Hmm. Like, do you guys think it is important? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's hard to define it until you're until you're there listening to it. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to define why it's important, but it's almost like when you go for a walk outside after not doing it for a while, and you realize, oh, this I should do this more often. It kind of it right. kind of feels like that to me. It feels like just a breath of fresh air, like to hear a good story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think storytelling te- connects us. Like, I think we're all part of a story, and so to to hear stories that about things we have in common, or I think stories can make tough things bearable or shareable. Um, and they're entertaining, they're funny, they're touching. Yeah. There's probably more philosophically deep reasons to like stories, but well, I kind of put you guys on the spot. I think those are good answers. Yeah. Um, the names of these authors, speakers will be in the notes of the episode. Yeah. Um, and so we're just going to play them kind of raw audio as we recorded them. And the sound quality didn't turn out, you know, perfect. It was kind of a, a live event. And so, um, Apologies to our listeners for not being quite as uh, pleasing to the ear, but it should sound fine. They won't even notice. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) All right. Working so hard, Graham. And also thanks to the the writers who were willing to to do this and to let their stories be heard in this format too. Yeah. I asked them all individually and they said yes immediately. So that was really cool. So without further ado, just uh, enjoy these stories and we'll get you back at the end. 
This harmonious conversation is brought to you by 5024 General Store, bringing skateboards, fashion, and creativity to Central Alberta communities. Check them out online or in beautiful downtown Lacombe. I guess I better start because I don't want to make somebody go first. Um, who here has a dog? Who here's dog has eaten really interesting things that they want to talk about after the reading? This is about a dog. Uh, it's called uh, Canis Lupus Familiaris. That's Latin for dog. I think, right? Okay. Uh, on Christmas morning, my brother's Alaskan Malamute was attacked by a porcupine. Attacked is probably a strong word. Uh, too strong a word. A message was delivered and then received. My dad and I held the dog down in the mudroom while my brother took each spiky quill out of her face with needle-nose pliers. She whined as we leaned our body weight onto her, the linoleum wet from melting snow, crying more from being held down than it was from the pain of the porcupine quills, her pain tolerance being a thing of legend, that and her appetite. One, one summer, a neighbor accidentally shot her in the leg thinking she was a wolf, or maybe it was a coyote. She just kept walking right up to her, him with her tail wagging. She once ate a three-month supply of birth control pills the same afternoon as a giant bag of Hawkins cheesies. She had been shot at, snared, and trapped in ice and mud more than she had years of life. The truth is that she really was more wolf than dog, connected to something deep inside herself that was so wild, it was always a bit of a shock to see her living so close to us humans. Maybe she saw the wildness in us too as she leaned in for a head scratch or the iconic belly rub. And when she howled, it was never at the moon. Gail Sabats, everybody. Hi, I'm Gail Sidney Sobat, and I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you, Hans. Thank you, Jason, for this initiative and all the people involved. This amazing, amazing brewery. How lucky are we to live in Alberta? Uh, so um, I'm delighted that my, my poem was published on a beer can. It doesn't get better than that, right? Uh, I've been published many places and written on walls about, but this is the best. So this comes from um, Super Session Summer. I think I'm over here on the, on the pastel side. And uh, this, this poem went on to be published in a collection of mine, which is delightful. Thank you for the, leg, the heads up, uh, the, the leg up. And it's about lilies. It came from a bouquet I received, and uh, the most prominent were the pink lilies that you can sometimes get seasonally. And the other flowers looked so depressed beside the lilies. So this is lilies. Look at them spreading those petals, offering their delights, visual and aromatic, those wanton stigma, beckoning bee or beetle, lily doesn't care. Lifting upwards her stamen, atop is the anther, lightly dusted with aphrodisiac pollen, color of saffron, who could resist? Such exhibitionism isn't fair, bachelor buttons bemoan, usually hopeful the daisies droop envious heads, what chance the plain petunia when lily blooms in the garden? Thanks. 
Um, Catherine Abbas, everybody. Um, okay, I'll read two, uh, one from this round, beautiful, and then one from, I think, a couple rounds ago. It's nice that they come out seasonally. Um, this first one's called Stuck, and it's about a couple kids getting into some stuff at recess. So first recess was 15 minutes long, and Bo's tongue had been stuck to the tetherball pole for 10 of them. The only kid still kicking around was Marcy, who dared him in the first place with her vengeful streak and her penchant for gore. Bo's mouth was a wet mumble, slobber leaking out the corners and crusting up in the cold. He reminded Marcy of that wayward goose who'd moped around her Uncle Leslie's place straight through to November. Why his flock ditched him, Marcy couldn't know. One morning he got stuck in the mud of the just-froze pond and Uncle Leslie peeled those webbed feet from the ice like they were a couple of vinyl decals. Auntie Val's armpit a clamp for the goose's skinny neck, her fist tight around his panicked beak. Marcy waited for the bell to go before pulling from her coat pocket a thermos of pizza soup. There were only a couple of spoonfuls left, mostly broth, and she wasn't sure lukewarm soup would even work to melt Bo's sorry tongue off the pole. Still, she rolled the help towards him. Not even that pathetic, grateful holler could turn her cheek back his way. Um, and then the second one's called Rich Winter. On the coldest day of the winter I turned 10, I was bribed to help my friend Brenna clean her mother's basement. Mrs. Dalton offered us $5 each to buy a 3D animal puzzle from the specialty toy store, and I'd been eyeing that orca for weeks. Days prior, a box arrived at Brenna's house while we were playing. Inside were 12 antique teddy bears from a collection of hundreds, willed to Mrs. Dalton alongside the rest of her ex-boyfriend's estate. It was 20 years ago, she shrugged, a summer fling. Still, he'd given her all of it. It wasn't the story itself that stuck with me. It was the uncomfortable notion that the relationship had meant so much to one and so little to the other. There was an unsettling detachment in Mrs. Dalton's examination of each bear. Eventually, she piled them haphazardly atop the mantel. She was, in my sentimental eyes, a monster. Brenna and I cleaned under the bear's ominous supervision. The trek to the toy store was frigid and the puzzle disappointing. I pieced together the six rubbery parts in seconds. Walking home, I felt like I'd been cheated though I couldn't bring myself to blame Brenna's mother. Something about those bears kept my mouth shut behind my balaclava, lips parting only marginally to allow for the uncontrollable chatter of my teeth. Thank you, guys. One more before the break, and I'm looking at Marco. Are you ready to go, Marco? Marco Melfi, everybody. Uh, thank you to Hans, thank you to Jason and CKUA. This is great to be on this. This is uh, my second one. Uh, I had one in the summer as well. Uh, this poem is called Hockey Dad. It's not my father, not that he's here, but it, just so you know, it's not about my dad. It's about other dads. Hockey Dad. 
As other dads sip Tim's in the stands, he paces rinkside. In that slim space between the bleachers and the bench, he chucks his Leafs hat. It corkscrews like a paper plane. Like a panicked bus rider who has forgotten their knapsack, his palms slap the glass as he questions the ref's vision. He's a long-torsoed man stuffed in a blue bomber jacket with a passion for peewee. Fan numero uno. He equips his son with the best skates and gets him to games early. Always shaven, his chin, his chin is nicked as if he's been high-sticked. Contrary to the hit him, check him chance, his whistles for whizzing passing plays are piercing. In the lobby post-win, he reenacts the breakaways and blocker saves like a busker until his son, the bashful alter ego, sweat-slicked hair and flushed cheeks, drags him out. Losses punish the father. He'll storm off before the buzzer, leaving his son to find him adrift in the, in the parking lot like a hitchhiker in a snow squall. Thank you. I can wait, but you want to read right now? Kirk Zemble, everybody. Hello, y'all. Uh, I'm Kirk. I'm uh, one of the owners here at uh, Blind Man Brewing. Um, so I've known Jason for years and years and years. Um, and through him, I'm able to uh, write a little bit onto our cans. This one, though, was uh, written uh, during the depths of COVID. So... Uh, Take that as it will. It's called uh, Dew Line. Yes, it's the boredom. Yes, it's the isolation. Yes, it's the 24-hour nights. And my God, yes, it's the cold. And yes, it's the overwhelming, constant, and brutal assault on your sense of self and the never-ending existential dread that comes from sitting literally thousands of miles from the next nearest soul some are humans were never supposed to inhabit, near absolutely nothing, not even a watering hole that an animal would seek out, just simply nothing, someplace that only somehow made sense to put a man based solely on radar transmission patterns and topographical mapping. Not that there's even anything topographical to map out here in order to make sure there isn't a gap in coverage that a Soviet badger or bear could sneak through, not that they even tried. They wouldn't even grant me the dignity to at least try even once, just once would have made it all better. Instead, I just sat there watching the lights on my screen born to the back of my skull, constantly wrestling in my head whether or not I wanted to finally see that blip on the radar that signaled the Ruskies were finally going to end life on this planet. But no, the answer to your question is, because I could. <laughs> Janice McDonald, would you like to come on up? I started out when Jason did all this thinking that I would go thematically by season. So I have a summer one and then a winter one. And then I got really into what would, <laughs> who's reading this? You know, guys drinking. So they got a little saucier as they went along. This one is still pleasant. Children can listen. 
<laughs> they have to start reading uh, cereal boxes after the third one, though. Summer needs. All she was looking for were some closed-toe white shoes. It wasn't too much to ask for. He said it sounded like the gray trousers or the peach jacket all over again, to which she responded that it was important to have a target when going on a quest. You are looking for summer shoes, Dana. You are not King Pelinor. You don't have to come, she said with a shrug. I can go on the lunch hour. 12.01, two quick blocks to the shoe store cobbler in the base of the Standard Life building, nothing in white. Out the front door and across the street, kitty corner to the fancy store with the dog. Only white sandals down the block and around the corner to City Centre Mall. One pair of pumps at the bay, but nothing in her size. Aldo was pushing high-heeled sandals and Lord's only had white Birkenstocks. Winners was hit or miss at the best of time and a miss this go-round. She looked at her wristwatch, 12.35. Mayfair Shoes was on the second floor. She raced back up the escalator and into the posh shop. The saleswoman turned to her with a smile and showed her a one and a half inch stacked heel white leather shoe with eyelet lace around the tops of the vamp. Yes, they had her size. Yes, they fit her and her budget. 1254, saunter back to work. She was going to own this summer. And here's the winter version. <laughs> the letter. She brings the cold inside on her parka, the hard, fresh smell of it. It lingers on her as she checks the mailbox and permeates the elevator. She escapes most of it as she drapes the coat across her foyer chair. Shucking her boot, she pads down the hall to the kitchen, lifting the tea kettle briefly to gauge its fullness before flicking it on to boil. The envelope she sets in the middle of her clean placemat on the table at the window. It's thin, businesslike, without an embossed return address. Her name and address appear in cursive, slanted slightly to the right, angling ever so slightly up. Is that a sign of an optimist? Stray facts caught on old synapses flutter, but in the end, it does not matter. The person who addressed the envelope has no idea of its contents. There is no need to gauge their mood. The kettle whistles and she turns, smoothing her thighs with her hands as if she was her grandmother in her apron kitchen movements, homely moves, caddy, pot, kettle, cup. Settling on to the high back chair, she takes one long look out of the horizon, ignoring the light of frosty rime along the sill, and reaches for a knife. Okay, now we get into the drinking. Summer reunion. The dandelions on the far side of the house grew thick and tall to her knees. She and Linda would step cautiously amid them, watching for bees and pull stalks to squeeze the acrid milk out onto the tiny plastic creamer from Linda's tiny plastic tea set. Water with just enough dirt to create a brown look without too much sludge went into the teapot and was dutifully poured into the tiny cups. Caragana seed pods filled their own miniature corningware casserole dish, looking like little peas. Dandelion heads piled onto one plate, another held mountain ash berries. Their dolls sat visiting in a semicircle. Linda's sounding very much like the church ladies. Her own home court dolls sounded a bit more raucous, like her mother's book club. Conversations she could overhear from the top stairs after being sent to bed. Now, having recently connected online, here they sat again, without the dolls, at a patio, sticking aggressively into the street, drinking beer. Older, dressed in business casual, not shorts and pop tops, Linda was elegant and no longer a foot shorter, but she could almost still see the child behind the eyeliner. 
Do you remember our tea parties? Our what? Now this is the one that actually got mentioned in an article that Jason was talking about, so I'm very proud of this one. This one's called Lists. When she stepped into the shower, she noticed the sparkle of the tub she had cleaned the day before. Joy. The new tub mat had prickly nubs likely meant to awaken some dormant reflexology points on her bare feet. Pain. The water was hot, the pressure strong, the shampoo ran quickly clear of her hair, squeaking under her thumbs. Joy. The towel was clean and soft, the mirror not too fogged, her jeans were soft and loose, her favorite pullover to hand, the yogurt and berries filled the bowl exactly right, joy, 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 joy. The table leg caught her toe again, pain. When she had begun to list the things that brought happiness and conversely the things that annoyed her, she was mostly startled by how many hard edges there were in the world. She was more drawn to the curves, the folds, the ripples found in natural objects or living creatures. She was also struck by how much the weather dictated her emotions. Sunlight added a bounce to her step and misty rainy days produced a sensual languor. She wondered if it gave everyone the desire to laze in bed exploring each other's curves and ripples. Maybe that was why there were so few people out on the street on a rainy day. The thought made her laugh, joy. Today was sunny, she would head into the day with the soft secret knowledge that she knew someone who didn't mind the rain. Joy. Michael Lithgow, are you here? Would you like to read? Uh, Michael Lithgow. I'll just echo all the thank yous to Jason and to Blind Man. It's a really cool project, right? Getting liter literature and literary creativity on the sides of cans of beers. I'm absolutely sure these two poems have the widest readership of any poems I've published. So it's nice. Um, the one from this year, uh, just two, one this year and last year, um, it's called Nests and Habits. And it comes from, you know, the, in the winter you can kind of see the bird's nest, the, the sticks in the trees. It comes from seeing them and feeling melancholy and then thinking about the way that we tend to think about nature as survival of the fittest and this violent struggle for, but, the, but there's also a sense of uh, an eternal search for tenderness, I think, in nature as well. It, it might have been a lost child searching and when they saw the prickly shells of bird's nests and trees revealed in winter stripping, it felt like home for a moment, like the memory of a sweater snagged on a nail in the shed of certain love. And the nests rested in the branches like plumes of smoke in the half-light of dusk. And what might have been grief made everything recognizable for a moment, a wicker hole in an eerie dark as a clot, a tiny unclaimed shed, an endless search for tenderness. Uh, and the second one is called Dogma of Spring. The spiders are back. They can't help themselves. Little legs ticking over my desk. Noticed a web from my keyboard to a book, a brazen claim. And look, winged bugs drifting at the window like bits of gauze in a breeze. It's all happening again, that queer sorcery that opens seeds and draws sap to crowns of trees. If I wasn't a foundling of science, I'd call it desire. 
the pessimism of a season teased apart by the easy warmth of April sunlight. There's something moving in the sea belly of my love, too, a conjuring of our own. This little snail turns in wine dark. It hears everything, our breakfast arguments and the radio news, our bewilderment and fear. We succumb to the claims this infant makes, drawing us forward like the dumb passion of a root, compelled by the center of things, stone-blind faith. Thank you. Okay, but <laughs> first we'll do uh, Rochelle Pinot. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. I didn't get to make it in the summer, so I'm glad I'm here. Um, I've been lucky enough to do a few cans as well, so I've got a summer and a winter I'll read. I don't get out to read much, so I'm a little nervous, but I love the love in the room here, so <laughs> we'll do it. Um, winter or summer to start. Okay. This one's called Throwback Jersey. <clears throat> It was warm for January in my last year of undergrad when Jimmy and I went to this bar in St. Catharines. A guy walked up to me and said, hey, that's my jersey. No way, I said, stunned. The week before, I'd bought that black and gold jersey at the local Sally Ann. It was the best, most authentic 80s jersey. Double crested, Captain C, French name. What was it now? Desjardins, Demoule, Demare. But this guy turned me around and poked at the name. Yeah, that's me. That's mine. <clears> ha, <throat> huh, I said, coming around. Weird coincidence. He was graying at the temples, must have been 20 years older than me, same build. We both took a swig, swig from our pints. Well, why'd you give it away? He sighed, ran his hands through his gray. Turns out his wife took in a bunch of his old stuff. She'd had enough of it. We drank a beer together and he told me how that jersey was from his last year playing league hockey. He scored a boatload of goals that season, got in a few fights, won most of them. In the end, the guy said, right on, and clapped me on the back, his hand resting on the embroidered letters of his own name. Jimmy thought I should have given him back to the guy. No way, I love that jersey. <laughs> And this one's a summer one from a couple years ago. It's called In Between Time. There was a heat wave over the August long weekend and I was stuck waiting for Alex at a new coffee shop. This was way back when, in the time of wayfarers and dodo birds in the land before cell phones. No text was on its way to tell me why Alex was late or if he was coming at all. No pin would be dropped on a map pointing to the correct coffee shop two blocks over. I was stranded there on that scorcher of a day with nothing to do but gawk around and wait. Ceiling fans buzzed, lazy and futile. I scanned the sidewalk for Alex, watching sweaty people stagger by the open window. That's when Brian swished to the door like a cool breeze, wearing flip-flops, Bermuda shorts, and a full beard in August. Plenty of seats available, but then somehow he was at my table making conversation. He bought me a piece of cheesecake, though it was too hot for cheesecake, then proceeded to eat most of it. I laughed at the graham crust snagged in his beard like so many fish in a net. 
I brushed them out, and he caught my hand. In those days, a lot of time was spent in between, and sometimes someone else came along. And thanks. Just thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been fun. You guys like those stories? Hearing them a second time? Yeah. 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 Kind of neat the variety, the yeah. some touching, some hilarious, some ooh, that could have been me. They should and I've said this to hands, they just keep doing these events. It was so yeah. cool. Is that the plan? It was this the first one? This was the second one. Okay. And we played the first yeah. one too, so I just said, please let us do this oh, again. Oh, I see, gotcha. It just is a nice first one I've been to live, so good to Well and thank you both for coming because that was cool to see you both there. Yeah. Now, those kinds of, I know we're not in the recommendation segment, but I think people just need to find events like that, yeah. you know, like these kind of short, inexpensive community building type things. Like I would Blind Men is a great, is a great host for those. Yeah. Things. They want to connect people through what they're doing. Yeah. So yeah. neat that those people I'm assuming came from all over the province kind of, didn't they? Or yeah. Yeah. They weren't all from Macomb or Red Deer. Like yeah. The, yeah. Edmonton, cool. Calgary. Actually, all our, um, all of our sponsors are great, like community, yeah. like uh, event type people. Yeah, that's why. Anyways, I, uh, that's why we selected them from the numerous opportunities. Oh, so many emails come in every day. It's like, <laughs> it's like four <laughs> checks stop. Yeah, like, like you're not. a multinational corporation. We're not interested. <laughs> but we're, Starbucks. We're supposed to be confessing things now, so yeah. I'll uh, I'll get into mine and. Mine actually, I could have flipped my confession and my recommendation. <laughs> mm. uh, I could have confessed that I'm using like a children behavior, like a, a behavior modification strategy for children for myself. Could have been my confession. So this is kind of like two confessions for you. Kind of. But this one could have been my recommendation because <laughs> uh, I went to Cilantro and Chive uh, recently, a few days ago, and I ate so much <laughs> like it was like we had an appetizer i had this like pierogi skillet thing. i had yeah. that too two and weeks it, ago it was, yeah, yeah i it was, was good. so good so that's where this could have been a recommendation was how good mm-hmm. these things were um i had a pint of long shadows so yeah. see more recommendations nice but but the but you had it all fashion is that it was like appetizer big pint of beer entree we had dessert and then I had had a hockey game afterwards. Like I had, oh had a my. coffee on the way to hockey. It was like, how did how was the game? It was not a sick? good hockey game. I was gonna say, lead footed. It was not good. <laughs> but anyways, okay. yeah, that's, that's kind a of a lame confession. But well, I ate too much the other day. <laughs> but worth it. My confession. Uh, don't you love the ones that are someone in your life recommends you confess something? <laughs> Yeah, they sort of encourage you. So a loving person in my life who I won't name Mm -hmm. sort of brought something up. And it's actually something that I was not super aware of. But now in retrospect, it has made me really want to kind of reframe a big part of my life. This sounds like a big deal. It kind of is actually. How recent was this? An hour before I picked you up. (laughs) (laughs) So I think three or four years ago, I bought a Lego set online. 
and it was the retro Super Nintendo Lego set. So you build an actual console, the cartridge. It's really cool. Little TV comes with it. But I felt so guilty that I just kept it in the closet for all these years, thinking maybe I would just sell it one day. Just, but then on like Friday, you never put it together. No, it just sat there. Oh, okay, kind of out of out of the way. And then on Friday, Harvey and I got home from school, and I thought, you know what? Let's do this winter project. Let's bust this thing out. He's already found. He already knew it was there. He's found it looking for Christmas gifts last year. Anyway, <laughs> this is a long in- intro. So we're building it together. And it's like, it's 22 bags. So it takes like a week probably. So we're doing it on the weekend. And then we were doing it today a little bit. And then this evening, uh, this person who I won't mention says to me, you know, you don't really do those things with your daughter. Like ever. Like hmm. this is your thing you do with your son. And you've been doing it since he was like three years old. But you, do you realize like you've never really done that with June? And I had never really thought about that. And it actually kind of hit me pretty hard. Like I, I realized like, no, I don't. Like I just don't. And like a lot of those things that I did with Harvey were so intentional when he was younger. But now with two kids, like, you know, like I just kind of, you forget maybe those efforts that I made. And it's kind of true. Like I have a good time with my daughter, but maybe just not as intentional with those kinds of activities. Those like one-on-one hmm. focused projects. So then it was like, okay, well, I got to, I got to remedy that. Cause it's, it's kind of true. Like I think. It's a connection yeah. I've had with my son, but not with, and not just Lego too, but just, you know what I mean? Like that connection that you have with your first kid. Um, yeah. So anyway, luckily we don't have any more than two because I would have not even paid attention to my <laughs> children. You wouldn't even yeah. know their name. Maybe you do have a third one. You just don't even, you even acknowledge know, them. Heidi, email the show if you do have a third child. Oh, Chris just spoiled who it was. But anyway. Uh, oh, no, you can edit that I mean, out. No, no. Beep. Um, no, it, was a, it was a good talk. Like I think... I love both my kids for sure, but it's one of those little things that maybe I didn't even really think about. Yeah. And the Lego is a really easy thing to point to and say, like, I could totally get a set for her and I to do too. I just yeah. haven't done that. So I'm Or you to, could find your own thing. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to try this week to be a little more intentional that way too and uh, just be a better dad. Oh, uh, man. I know. It's kind of heavy. It's got real, real and heavy yeah. and raw. Like, I think all I'm at a good once. dad, but. You are. And, a good and my dad. wife was really, you know, she wasn't accusatory, but just sort of like, have you noticed that? And yeah. I went, oh, I kind of have. Got to go do a podcast. I'm going to go talk about this. <laughs> so pretty cool that you're in a relationship where a person can point out. Yeah. Yeah. And you can take it and yeah. almost instantly reflect on it and want to change. Yeah. No, I, I, for sure, the posture was was correct. You know, it was a good mm. a good talk, I think. So I'll get back to you guys in a couple of weeks and see how it goes. Yeah, we'll ask. I'll ignore my Maybe. son for a while. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this is a confession sandwich because Tyler started with something that wasn't that <laughs> real deep or intense. Or maybe it was to you, Ty. I don't want to. No, Graham's was. was yeah. And then mine is really <laughs> fluffy. I don't even want to say it now. And it's basically just my old man anger when I'm driving and I can't turn my lights off and on to tell somebody else their lights aren't on because so many people drive without their lights. Mm. And really, the only option you have now is to flash the high beams at them. But in the olden days, guys, cars used to have a knob you could turn the lights off and on. Completely and really, yeah. Yeah. with daytime yeah. running lights, it's sort of not like that. Yeah. So that was sort of the warning you could do if a police officer was, you know, behind you and somebody was going that way too fast, or if their lights weren't on. But you're saying now you have to high beam flash them, right? That's or and people probably don't know what you're doing. Yeah, even what it means. Yeah. So it's just my confession is like I'm kind of grumpy at how cars are new and I don't like how the technology works. I just wanted to go back to the way it was in the good old days. Yeah. Like, yeah. remember with the button on your, oops, the floor of your car, you could turn your high beams on and off. Did you guys ever have cars that had that? No. 
That's a new one. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. No. I don't like touchscreens in cars. Yeah, like, come on. They're just it's so slow and they're not intuitive to me. You know, I want to hit a button. I like buttons. Dials. Oh, man, a good dial. <laughs> or what do you call those? A slider. Slider. Yeah. yeah. This studio had this soundboard with so many sliders and dials. I, I just couldn't help it. You were just, boop, boop, just boop. flipping yeah. things around. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, good confessions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yours but, was great. Well, <laughs> now I feel like kind of like a chump. I should have said something else. Tyler's was good too. It makes me want to go to <laughs> cilantro. <laughs> I do have a uh, talking now that Graham gave. When Graham was doing his confession, it made me think I do have a better one now. Oh, but great. I could save it for another episode or I could do it now. Stay double, tuned for two weeks crappy. from now. <laughs> and there'll be another. <laughs> yeah. I'll All right. Save it. Well, if you want to, you know, give me kudos for opening my yeah. soul like that, how do you do that, Chris? Yeah. Please send an email to harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com. But that's yeah. not the only way you can get a hold of us, is it, Ty? No, you could you could create a TikTok and then upload it to Instagram and then share it with us on Instagram. Because <laughs> we're totally. active there. Um, yeah. yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Hey, my dudes, um, the next episode I'm super excited about. Yeah. Because we've wanted to tackle this topic for, since the beginning, basically. Yeah. And yeah. we've never had a guest that can illuminate and help us through this discussion. So and we've kind of had him lined up for almost a year. We've been in conversation yeah. with him. We're traveling yeah. to Calgary to meet with someone, and we are very excited. So yeah. stay tuned for our next episode. Yeah. And uh, I think we'll see you then. On? Yeah. Yeah, the Harmonious Gentleman nice. podcast. It's a, oh, it's a podcast. All right. All right. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> Harmonious gentleman